Welcome to The Bipod, a podcast about all things bisexual. I'm Evan, and my pronouns are they and them. And I'm Christina. My pronouns are she and her. We define bisexuality as experiencing attraction to people who share your gender identity and to those who don't. We welcome anyone who has any kind of relationship with or curiosity about queerness. The Bipod is an ad-free, community-supported podcast. You can support us for as little as $2 a month. To join the community or get more information about the podcast, visit patreon.com slash the bipod. This podcast is one piece of the long history of bisexual and queer discourse. We don't know everything. At all. We're here to be part of the conversation. Let's get into it. Christina. Hi, Evan. Um, happy Pride. Thank you. Although the, when this episode comes out, it will be uh, Wrath Month. will be post-Pride. Well, Wrath mum- Month? Yeah. Have you not heard that joke? Like, after no. Pride comes Wrath? No. <laughs> <laughs> That's hilarious. Yeah. Happy Wrath Month. Um, I wish I sh- uh, just, like, led you to believe that I came up with that joke yeah, as opposed you to, could like, have. <laughs> it being from the internet. Yeah. Um, yes. I am a comedian. Yes. Famously. Who knows the seven deadly sins? <laughs> <laughs> uh, that is so funny. Um, well, speaking of wrath, we're talking about being queer at work today. Um, <laughs> is that speaking of wrath? I mean, sometimes. It's I don't true. know. <laughs> sometimes. Uh, um, but yeah, we have uh, some listener letters. We have our very first voicemail. Yeah. We've been asking you all for voicemails for two and a half years. Is that right? <laughs> I don't know um and we got our first one very excited yeah um and so we're gonna share those um but before we do that um evan do you want to talk a little bit about your experience being queer at work yeah i have been at least the jobs that i've um primarily been at have been um lucky enough to be in an environment where it wasn't unsafe Mm -hmm. to be out but I think uh, what I have found and um what I suspect a lot of other queer folks have found is that like it's definitely a spectrum of like just because no one's gonna say anything explicitly queer phobic doesn't mean that you can like show up as your full self or that like even if you can like that there aren't little things that are weird about being a queer person in the workplace so um last year at the beginning of pride one of my other co-workers who to my knowledge is straight posted a happy pride message and it was really nice to see that it was just like a a little gesture that made me feel um comfortable and acknowledged mm-hmm. and then this year no one said anything and so i had to decide like if i wanted to say anything and i do have other people that i work with who are queer um but sometimes I like almost 
forget just in that like work sometimes I feel really removed from Mm. my identity Uh (laughs) um but so I like want like I texted you first thing in the morning on the first day of June and was like happy pride (laughs) um and so I like I didn't want that to be absent from my work experience but then also was like am I willing to in some way like put myself out there Mm -hmm. like it's definitely not a secret that I'm queer I mean I think anyone who was paying any attention would like know (laughs) that um but also it's one of those things of like there's a difference between like uh being in the closet and being or rather there's a difference between being like out and being like under the radar yeah or like I don't know what I'm saying, but you... I know what you mean. There's a difference between being, like, just being and then also being like, hey, everyone, look at this thing about me. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and so I had to decide, like, do I want to, like, sort of put myself out there a little bit to be like, hello, you might not have been thinking about this, but I am a queer person. Here is your reminder. (laughs) And I decided that I was going to. Good. But then it was also, like, we use a lot of gifts at work, and so then I was like, I want to include a gift, but then, like, what? gif do i use and like (laughs) if you just search pride on giphy like a lot of them are very gay which makes sense because it's pride but i was like okay probably i'm not going to choose the one of like two men kissing but like which what is is gay enough that Mm -hmm. i will feel satisfied Mm -hmm. but not so gay or sexual or whatever yeah you can't post it in a work slack channel (laughs) yes and um yeah i mean i would love be in a situation or live in a world where like I didn't have to like think about that and I could just be like yeah of course I'm gonna post happy pride um or you know hopefully other people will have already beat me to it because they signed on before me and all of us want to say happy pride on the Mm -hmm. first of June Mm -hmm. so yeah it's it's like weird being queer at work even when there's nothing bad about it yeah what about you, Christina? What has been your experience being queer at work? Yeah, um, I've had a lot of different jobs, and so I've like been varying degrees of out at each of them, just sort of depending on the situation. Um, I've had a lot of teaching jobs, um, which some of our letter writers will speak to in more depth. Um, but there is something about teaching where, like, uh, you want to have pretty strong professional boundaries with your students because of the nature of like the power dynamic of your relationship um but then also I've been in situations um like I worked at a boys and girls club for a summer a few years ago um and like all the queer kids just like found me like they just knew you know (laughs) uh kids just figured out um and so that's like a thing that I have navigated um currently um I work in publishing and um I have a few colleagues that I'm pretty close with. We have like a creative writing club I've talked about and other various um, social connections. And so I'm pretty out there and a few of them are as well. Um, I'm at, I think, a bigger company than you. So posting like happy pride on the community board. Like I wouldn't post anything on the community board. It's too many people. <laughs> <laughs> but in like our smaller channels or like individually, we've talked about it. Um, 
I'm in a like music club with my supervisor who or my manager who's like a boomer man who's very nice um but he's still like my manager um and we had a uh, a playlist theme a few months ago that was like songs that changed your life um and I put um <laughs> a lord song we had like three songs from melodrama from different people and I was <laughs> like wow the way that we were all going through it in 2017 um and someone asked me about the song and I was like oh well like this makes me think of this time in my life where I was like oh my god I like women and like these things um and then I was like I texted you I was like I just came out to my boss on accident but he didn't react it's probably fine I told my partner I was like I just told John I was gay Uh, and he was like that's probably fine I don't think he cares about that (laughs) um and that's true um but I definitely feel the like it's important to me, especially like I, I have people who I don't like supervise, but who um I've sort of like been able to mentor a little bit at work and who are queer. And I'm like, it's important to me. Like we both put girl in red songs on the same playlist. And <laughs> one of them was like, um, so are we? And I was like, yes, welcome. Um, So I think I've like um in multiple roles thought about like what is like safety and privacy look like for me but then also like what is like serving as representation look like um and just sort of balancing that um yeah yeah. I can't remember if I've talked about this on the podcast but my former boss um who is now a very good friend of mine but at the time I think we were in the like on the cusp of like she was still my boss but we were like getting more friendly um and I (laughs) we were walking out of somewhere and um I forget if it was her that made the joke or me that made the joke but it was something about like we're here we're queer whatever um and I was like but I am queer for the record (laughs) just like so you know and then i did a jazz queer (laughs) Uh, in case they didn't get it from just the i'm queer the jazz queer really yeah you know because i think i was also i had been doing sort of this little like dancey thing as i was walking away and Uh so then it just you know like felt appropriate (laughs) just seemed like the right thing to do yeah so you know (laughs) sometimes it can sometimes be you have to dance joyful yeah um, at the time though she was like uh, okay and i was like this is i, I made it weird <laughs> no but. the jazz i'm sure made a lot of sense in that context <laughs> that's so funny yeah um i feel like i maybe have talked about this in the podcast before but i had a job once where like i don't know i, I worked there for like a year and a half it was a very small company mostly young people um and we stayed late one night to like hang out and do something and one of my coworkers was like oh I remember like the first time you came out to us and I was like what are you talking about and they like talked about I don't even remember what the conversation was and I was like okay like maybe that was the first time that you realized that I was queer but I didn't come into the situation being in any like if you assumed I was straight honestly that's on you but I was like I'm in a role that's not client facing I'm wearing leggings to work. Um, I'm not working with kids. I at no point did I hide the fact that I was queer. Um, you just assumed that. Um, but it was interesting because I was like, oh, you all have had an experience of my queerness that I didn't have. Like, I didn't even worry about it at <laughs> yeah. all. 
Um, so it was interesting. And it was positive. Like, yeah. they were, everybody was very nice. But they were like, the first time you came out, and I was like, I mean, have you met Yeah. Me? <laughs> I'm like, the way that I keep asking everyone to go get an iced coffee at 11 a.m. on the dot every <laughs> single day, um, you should have That known. was you coming out. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, I have, like, a rainbow um, laptop cover. Like, come on. Oh. Get it together. Um, but yeah, varying. Uh, but I also, I want to say that I, like, for the most part, have also felt very safe and I feel privileged in that. Yeah. Yeah. Shall we get into our listener messages? Let's do it. Okay. Um, so this first one comes from Megan, who is 30 uh, and works at a nonprofit that helps people living with HIV. Um, and Megan says, I came out in 2022 and shared it only with a handful of close friends. I was close with a lot of people at my office and figured I could come out to some of them. I told my supervisor that I'm bi and prefaced that not a lot of people know this. I figured since she was working with queer people at the agency, I could trust her to keep it to herself. The following week, I came out to another coworker who was also bi. She said that our supervisor had already told her that morning. My feelings were hurt knowing that she outed me. It made me regret sharing that personal information. Since then, I've been very leery of sharing my sexuality with straight people. I definitely don't share anything with that supervisor anymore. Ugh. Yeah. I'm sorry that you had that experience. Um, I just can't picture, like, a situation in which it would be appropriate for a supervisor to be, like, gossiping about someone who they manage as sexuality. Yeah. You know what I mean? If this <laughs> other person is bi, like, maybe they've, like, it's still deeply inappropriate. But maybe they were like, oh, like, you probably Megan know. is also. But, like, that is the kind of thing that, like, no matter how well-meaning it might be, like, is not cool. Yeah. Um, if, any, if it was a, like, oh, like, uh, maybe these people, you know, could support each other. That's the sort of thing that, like, yeah. the supervisor could have said to Megan, like, oh, this other person, assuming that this other person is out, like is by like you know whatever like yeah um, let me introduce you <laughs> yeah i don't know like there are if the goal was to be supportive there are ways that it could have happened that would have been supportive instead yeah. of an invasion of privacy yeah i also really appreciate that the second uh coworker didn't just act like they didn't know like yeah. i said like oh this person who you like felt safe with shared this information with me you know yeah. like it could have been easy for them to be like oh wow i'm surprised new information but that feels like really good uh like solidarity together to be like i already yeah. knew because this person who you you know thought you could trust in fact shared this information yeah Ugh. and then it puts megan in a position to make a decision about that person which um i am glad that you know megan opted to keep themselves safe by not yeah. you know sharing more information with that supervisor um i also hope that like you megan have like other people in your life that you and i guess you you mentioned like not sharing your sexuality with straight people which um Reasonable. i understand in this context <laughs> yeah but i also hope that you get to have other people in your life including straight people who are supportive because you deserve that absolutely yeah mm -hmm. 
Um, I think especially like working at a nonprofit that specifically is caring for folks with HIV. Yeah. Um, obviously, people of all sexualities um, can contract HIV, but um, I'm sort of surprised that your supervisor maybe didn't like have more fluency in um, yeah privacy. <laughs> yeah, it like doesn't um, it doesn't speak well of like how the people using those services maybe are being yeah respected and treated um but hopefully uh the supervisor is an outlier and everybody else or most other people are um i don't know more conscious about privacy yeah well, thank you for sharing your experience with us megan yes thank you and happy pride happy pride happy um wrath, <laughs> you say wrath? yeah happy wrath okay I'm so excited to read this one. (laughs) Hi, Bipod. My name is Rosie, she, her, and I'm a big fan of your podcast. Thanks, Rosie. Um, I'm a preschool teacher and wanted to know if any other Bi-plus educators could relate about being bi at work. As you may or may not be aware of, in the education profession, there is something known as a hot dad. In a field predominantly occupied by middle-aged women, a hot dad of a student in your class or caseload is a rare and incredible moment to brighten a hard year. All of them are hard. True that. Being bi at work is hard for me. I'm a 26-year-old woman, and I, too, fit the criteria for a person who can blend in and participate fully in a hot dad discussion. I haven't had a truly hot dad, in my opinion. (laughs) (laughs) Rosie has standards. (laughs) Standards. Um, but others have some eyes for some in my classroom. I am new and I teach pre-K and I'm one of the only unmarried ladies on the staff. Totally fine most of the time. However, I also have a partner who I've been with since before I started this job. He is incredible and I love being with him. Despite having referred to him as my partner again and again, most people call him my boyfriend. It's not as inclusive as I like to identify, but it's work so I blend into my surroundings. But here's the thing. All caps. I have a hot mom in my class this year. I have a hot mom in my class this year and nobody to dish with. The struggle is real. Uh, I'll dish with you. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> we want to know about yeah, the hot Yeah, we want to know about hot mom. Um, I do want to share one bright by moment of joy this year, though. One kid in my building had a Star of the Week poster hung up on the wall. If you're not familiar, it's basically a poster where the chosen kid in a class gets to decorate with pictures of his family and things he likes to do, and it goes on and on every week. It goes on and on every week of school. Anyway, one kid's family photo was the talk of the building because the kid's mom was wearing a formal, tight cocktail dress that showed off her curves and overall hot momness. The talk of the lunchroom was all negative gossip, like, of course, that the class mom wore that skin-tight dress for a class poster photo. Side note, I don't condone policing what people wear based on their body type, but... She was a hot mom with a banging body. <laughs> when I was asked my opinion, I confidently contributed to the conversation. I mean, look at her. She's hot. If I looked like that in that dress, I'd post it everywhere, too. <laughs> it got a couple laughs and more raised eyebrows, but the conversation quickly shifted to body image in the lunchroom. I left, but with my head up high. Hashtag justice for hot moms. Justice for hot moms. Absolutely. Yeah, um, I appreciate the note that, you know, anybody can wear whatever they want. Yeah. Um, and also, you know, this particular mom selected an outfit that really um, was working, you know. Yeah. Please know that in my heart, this episode is going to be called Justice for Hot Moms. Yes. 
Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> um, yeah, the hot dad thing is funny. There's like a whole, uh, we can do an episode about, uh, I don't know, people being attracted to dads. There's like the dads <laughs> of Disneyland thing. Have you seen that? No. I just like don't, it's just like picture. it's an Instagram account. Honestly, it's very creepy because like people just take pictures of dads, uh, presumably without their consent. Yeah. Just like being parents, which is just <laughs> sort of like the bare minimum, you know? And they're like, oh, my God, look at this dad carrying his kid so hot. And I'm like, that is what he signed up to do when he decided yes. to be a parent. Um, we do set the bar pretty low for men. Yeah. It's like, oh, my God, he's reading a book on the subway. So hot. So hot. I mean, reading books is hot. Yeah. But like, <laughs> <laughs> it's because books are hot. Yeah. You know, it's not the dad. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. But moms don't get enough justice. No. They're out here being hot. Yeah. Um, that said, don't start an Instagram account where you post a picture of hot moms on the internet without yeah. their consent. No, this hot mom uh, letter felt very respectful to me. Yes. In my opinion. I agree. Yeah. Very good. Yeah. Um, very good. I. That's got to be tough, you know, to have to act like all these mediocre dads are hot among your coworkers when really the moms yeah. are bringing it. But we see you. And we yeah. also agree justice for hot moms. Yeah. Yeah. So sorry. Very good. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to carry that with me. Yeah. When it's like when when things are hard, I'm going to just be like, but justice for hot moms. Yeah. I feel like um, Pixar moms, like that's like one of the very few examples of like, I don't know, intentional. Hot- Do you know what I'm talking about? I love <laughs> that this <laughs> is your like hot mom representation, especially because immediately i thought of the mom from incredibles oh not her i mean no no offense to elastic girl she can get it but <laughs> i just feel like there's so many examples of like pixar moms where the animators just make the ass like so big <laughs> do you know what i'm talking about no i have no idea but what? um hold on i thought of um the mom from incredibles because of her hourglass figure and also i was like i mean with that brown hair christina's gonna love her <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, she is hot, but um, there's so many. I guess Elastic Girl does come up when I just search Pixar mom ass on the internet. <laughs> she is coming up. Um, I honestly also can't think of any other Pixar moms. <laughs> I don't know. They're really just like honestly, it's really great representation for a uh, pear shaped queen such as myself. Um, <laughs> it's very good. Anyways. That's my contribution. That's what I have to say about that. <laughs> <laughs> Justice for hot moms. And good for that mom for um like giving her kid a picture of herself that she like to post on the wall. Yeah. That she feels good about. I feel like moms are shamed for like simply existing as individuals. So I love this for her. Yeah. Get it. Get it, get it. So our next message um, comes from someone who told us that they are mostly closeted and coming to terms with being um, bi and gender fluid, um, and particularly in the context of being married, is like something that they are um, working through, and their wife has conservative views on marriage. Um, monogamy mostly totally supportive of gay marriage and lgbtqia rights um but at work we have an lgbtqia employee resource resource group and i came out to them in a zoom meeting i work remote 
Next week, I'm going up to our HQ and the ERG folks will take me out to a happy hour at a queer friendly bar and restaurant so I can be open and talk openly about being me. Mm. I love that. Yeah, it's very cool to hear a story from someone where their workplace is an opportunity to be open in a way that maybe other parts of their life they can't be. Yeah. Yeah, and I think like having um like social groups, resource groups, support groups like available to you through your workplace can be really helpful. Um because it's like a place you already are. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Um and especially when like under capitalism like the workplace can be um like we talked about at the beginning of the episode like a place where you sort of are leaving a lot of yourself behind in order to like function and be safe and you know do what you have to do um it's cool to hear about um a workplace where actually like space is being made um and i also like that uh the plan is to go like off-site mm-hmm. you know um i feel like that is like that feels more comfortable than like being i don't know in a conference room and talking about <laughs> your true self yeah i appreciate that more freedom yeah it feels very hopeful to me that like the idea of of work being a place where you can be more of your full self i think especially because uh so much of us like will spend such a unfortunately large chunk of our lives at, in the workplace yeah like um finding in and or creating depending on your role a workplace where you get to be more of yourself is really really important yeah absolutely also coming out in a zoom meeting congratulations to yeah you. Very <laughs> honestly doing anything in a zoom meeting is so much harder uh, and i hope that that happy hour is a wonderful and like soul fulfilling time yeah me too hmm okay um, we've got a bit of a long letter here. Um, hello, Christina and Evan. To preface my experience, at this time, I identify as agender, any pronouns, pansexual, and polyamorous. To further clarify, I see my pansexuality as attraction regardless of gender identity or expression. I originally came out as bi in March of 2021, and for several years prior to that, I was often referred to by friends as heteroflexible. <laughs> One of my favorite words in the English language. Yeah. Um. <laughs> let's make language more flexy yes mm-hmm. um, I've been working at my company in the finance department for about four years now and I'm in a pseudo leadership position where I train and direct a couple of employees and step into leadership duties as needed if my supervisor is on vacation I never officially came out at work aside from to a couple of close co-workers mostly because I see my queer identity as separate from my professional life When I'm at work, I'm focused on work, and for the longest time, I felt like queerness wasn't something that needed to be defined or discussed, since our work isn't directly related to queer identity. One person from another department set their pronouns to they, them, in their email signature, and I had a moment of queer solidarity with them. But even months after, I'm the only one who actually uses their correct pronouns. I've heard people speak about them demeaningly, I've heard people speak insensitively about their identity, I've even heard people justify their misgendering behavior by saying that they know them really well. I hesitate to stand up for them because they are a high-ranking person in the department 
and it's ultimately up to them, but I still feel the pain of that myself. Even though I use any pronouns, my identity as anything other than cishet will affect the way my coworkers perceive me. I don't feel the need to come out at work, but I feel like I've got some Schrodinger's anxiety <laughs> in the situation. Like I'm anxious over something that is both happening and not happening at the same time. Mm. I suppose my queer experience at work isn't complete. It's more an experience as a queer person at work. I do hope this helps spur on more discussion about the queer world and how it interacts with the professional world. Thanks for letting me share with love on God. Mm, this is complicated and mm-hmm. it's like tough to parse like how we might show up like in a vacuum. Mm-hmm. Like if we were the only ones that we had to think about like what we might do or want versus like how do you like how do you move through the world knowing that there are other people that you like want to support and like be in solidarity with Mm -hmm. and I definitely when I was on my like gender pronoun journey was like trying to decide if I was gonna put pronouns in my email signature just like any pronouns I was like am I willing to put she her in my email signature as a like step to Mm -hmm. be like to normalize like including your pronouns in your email signature yeah um at a workplace where that is not happening Mm -hmm. um and then I had anxiety about like, but what if I put she, her and then change my mind and like all these like my own gender things. Yeah. Um, and but one of the things that like ultimately made me do something was like if I work with someone who's queer and I don't know that they're queer or I'm like, in, I don't know, an outside vendor or something like if I'm interfacing with someone who's queer I like w- want to signal to them that yeah. I am queer. Like I want to like try and move. I want to do what I can to like make it safer for other people. Yeah. Um. But that was like really hard because it wasn't, it was like I'm having my own experience and then also trying to like think about what would be, useful for other people and like yeah it's complicated it is um and i think like what on god mentioned about how like the person that um they're talking about is like in a position of authority like that is also something i think that happens it's just a layer of the experience at work of like yeah um what does it look like like there's it's different to like come out to someone who is either your equal or even like a subordinate or versus like coming out to somebody who like makes decisions about whether or not you get to have an income or not. Yeah. Um and and even like uh if people are out like what that support looks like. Like I'm sure that um just from my own if I were to put myself in that situation like if somebody came at one of my queer interns, I would put them in their place. Um but if I had a queer manager and someone said something, I don't know that like I would maybe feel differently or it'd be more complicated um, just because like you're intersecting with power in a way that is weird 
I guess it's true of all workplace situations. <laughs> yes. Um, Power, very weird. Yeah, very strange. Um, but yeah, I have my pronouns in my signature um, because I think it's important to, to normalize. Um, and I do a lot of um, like external emails, like a lot of like reaching out to people, mm-hmm. kind of cold, like cold emailing. Um, and so I've like, tr- you know, I'm always kind of changing my messaging and stuff. And I was talking to one of my colleagues who does something similar and I have in my, um, my email signature, my, um, the company I work for, um, has, um, an anthology about Black Lives Matter that's free. Um, it's freely available. The author wanted it to be free. Um, so we made it free. Um, and so I link that in my signature because it's free. (laughs) Um, and it's a great resource. It also kind of like shows, you know, what our books look like and whatever. Um, I've never really had anyone say anything to me about it that was negative. Um, a few people have said like, oh, I saw this. That's great. And then most people just don't say a thing because most people don't read my email signature. (laughs) Um, but one of my colleagues got a weird email from somebody who was like, oh, I see that you, uh, I don't remember exactly what they said, but, but like something disparaging about that book. And so my, my coworker was like, because of the territory I cover, I just took that out of my signature. And I was like, oh, I'm not doing that. I like don't want to talk to people in my because I work from home. I'm like, yeah. I don't want to sit in my house and have somebody who would like have an ugly take about Black Lives Matter just from like a free resource existing. Yeah. Like, I don't want to talk to them. It's not worth it to me. Um, I don't I'm just not doing that. Um, and no shame to the person who made that choice. We're all out here having to living under capitalism. capitalism. Um, but in that case, I was like, I mean, my partner doesn't get to stop being black if it's convenient yeah our children won't be able to stop being black if it's convenient um and i just like that doesn't feel good yeah for me um and i think about that i think that also applies to queerness in these cases of like um you know when you have any kind of authority like when i was teaching like um being a queer representative (laughs) um was really important you know I made a lot of really important connections I think with um with students and it's just it's hard to navigate with power and professional boundaries but I appreciate seeing someone sort of working through that I like this idea of Schrodinger's anxiety yeah Uh, (laughs) that really speaks to me yeah I also like really appreciate um that Angad was willing to be vulnerable and be like this is a thing that I am in process with because yeah. I think it's much easier to be like, and here's the story about how I overcame my anxiety yeah. about work or whatever. Yeah. Um, and so to like be willing to share like, this is complicated. I really appreciate that. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, yeah. Cause like I said, we're all just sort of like trying to live a life under capitalism. Yeah. Um, and we don't always get to show up as our full selves. And it makes sense to me that, you know, we're making choices about our own safety and our own sort of, you know, access to income and comfort at work mm-hmm. and all these things. Um, whereas if it were like just a purely social situation without all these power lines, I think that, you know, it would look different. Yeah. Um, I also relate to what Angad said about um, like that they feel like their relationship or that like they're, there's not much of a clear relationship between like their queer identity and what they're doing at work um i think in some ways like that can be very healthy to be like 
what I do is not my full identity. I'm just here to do this thing. Um, and also, like Ron Good said, like, you know, they're there. Yeah. <laughs> um, sort of as themselves. Um, and navigating, like, when is it important and helpful and, like, useful, I guess, to um, be out? And when is it not? I don't know. I mean, I think I would argue that it's never not yeah. helpful, I guess, unless you are, like, actually putting yourself in danger. But yeah. that's also, a, we could probably have an entire episode yeah. <laughs> talking about that. <laughs> yeah. Um, but it was, it's helpful for me to see other people who, like, like Angad said, like, they maybe could just, they're not, like, physically, obviously, evidently queer, um, which is something that I relate to. Um but it's very important. Like I have thirty-seven by pride keychains, <laughs> and like peop- yeah. the people got to know it's important. Um, and just sort of like processing, like, well, why is it important? When is it important? Because it is important all the time. Um, that's yeah. helpful. Yeah. This next message is the aforementioned voicemail. Yay! So here you go. Hi, I'm Ray, and I used to teach high school English and theater for three years at a really small high school. Uh, My classroom was very well decorated, very, um, all the walls were covered and interesting. And I had a giant pride flag up on one wall. And so naturally the first month of every school year, students would ask every single day uh, if I was a lesbian, if I was a man hater, like all sorts of things um, in response to having this pride flag up, which, you know, I said like, hey, professional boundaries, like I'm not gonna tell you my sexuality, uh, no, I don't hate men. I don't hate anybody. Uh, but like, just professional boundaries. Like, I'm I'm not going to tell you my sexuality. Uh, this is up because I want to make sure to support and make sure everybody feels welcome here. It's not a reflection of me as much as just like a, an expression of support for you guys and anybody that might identify with that flag. It's not about me. It's about you. And didn't stop. You know, like again, the first month of every school year questions every single day. Fast forward to my very last day at that school uh, before I left. I was like, okay, guys, I really want to be friends with all of you. Um, You can ask me any questions you want, anything you're curious about. I want to make sure that you have a sense of closures as I'm leaving and no longer going to be your teacher. So ask me any question you want. Um, No more professional boundaries, just my own personal boundaries. If I'm not comfortable answering something, I still don't have to answer it if I don't want to. Um, And I was expecting in every single class to get the question about my sexuality. <laughs> no. One small group asked very quietly. Um, a girl <laughs> raised her hand, called me over, and whispered in my ear, are you part of the LGBTQ community? And then I nodded. And then the, like, four people around her all, like, giggled excitedly because they knew what she asked, apparently. And then she was like, which one? And then I said, B. And then they all giggled and were like, yes, I knew it. (laughs) And it's funny because they asked in English class, but those are the ones that are both in my English class and my theater class. Of course, the queer theater kids knew. Of course, they knew. My little queer babies, of course. They They didn't really need to ask, but I was so glad I could confirm it for them. Um, but anyway, yeah, so that's, that's my experience, uh, as a teacher and being queer slash closeted kind of, um, yeah. Thanks for letting me share. Bye. It's a great time to remind the people at home that Evan is a theater kid. (laughs) (laughs) 
I am. <laughs> I am a theater kid. Um, which like we used to joke, you're like, there must be something in the water. Um, <laughs> because just like it was a slow cascade of like queer realizations but like actually it's just theater it's, that's what's in the water yeah um, <laughs> um this is ultimately i think this is like a really sweet story yeah. um but i do what ray was talking about at the beginning of this message like the co- the weird complicatedness of of boundaries yeah. um at work and like I feel lucky that I have not had to navigate that particular situation of like it is definitely more complicated with with uh, kids with kids yeah yeah and being in that position I think increasingly so in our yeah political landscape which we don't need to get into but it feels important to yeah acknowledge yeah yeah I had a lot of feelings about like I was an educator full time until beginning of last year. Um, I made a career shift. Um, and I had a lot of feelings about leaving teaching because it always felt like, um, like a privilege to be able to teach as a queer person. And like, Mm. I don't take that lightly. Um, yeah. And I appreciate that we have this really sweet story (laughs) about, um, cause I mean, it's this is not always the case but so much of the time in my experience queer kids know (laughs) like they just they just look at I don't know what it is um but like I'm thinking of one specific instance of a a student that I had um who didn't like any of the other teachers that we were working with Mm -hmm. um but just sort of immediately was like do you listen to Panic at the Disco and I was like yeah of course (laughs) um I just read you yeah and I was like okay (laughs) so you know um and she was like oh yeah I'm bi and all this stuff and like she didn't ask me if I was bi if she had I probably would have said yes just because she had disclosed and she wasn't asking me any specific questions um but it was just so funny that she was like oh yeah we're good here um like that she just sort of had that sense um it was really nice um and it is a balance of being like you know because I've also had I've taught adults I've had like really queer phobic students and had to be like well it's still my job to teach you, but I don't love this for me. And also, yeah. as your ed- is an educator, it's my job to educate you and to like find a path to opening up your, you know, perspective here. Um, but yeah, the navigating what is safe for work just looks really different when when kids are in the picture. Um, but kids are just—they're so smart. We don't give them enough credit. They know, <laughs> you know. Because yeah. he got coming from a mile away. <laughs> um, I love that the theater. And also, I mean, Ray was teaching theater. Come on. You know? <laughs> Here we are. <laughs> so funny. Um, but I love that the kids like ask for a month. And then after the year, they're like, eh, no questions about that. <laughs> I'm over it. Uh, and it's I also, not salacious anymore. Yeah. <laughs> and I really appreciate the way that Ray talked about um, like the response to those questions of like, well, I have professional boundaries, so I'm not going to talk to you about my sexuality, but this is about you. I want everyone who comes into here, in here to feel comfortable. You know, if they identify with this flag, great. Like, this is a way to show them that they're safe here. I mean, that's a very good model for, um, to set for the students of being like, regardless of your identity, 
you can still be a safe place for other people yeah um, yeah it's very cool and that's something that probably like served as a great teaching moment for straight kids and also like the queer kids read that you know what i mean like they yeah you know could pick that up um so great job yeah. very good hmm. Hmm. okay i've got our last message this is a long one but it is full with a lot of good stuff mm-hmm. hi christina and evan my career like most people my age has been varied and sometimes double Towards the end of my undergrad degree and up until recently, I've always held at least two jobs, one typically for artistic fulfillment and some paychecks and the other to hold myself down financially. I refer to the latter as a day job. My artist self works as a stage manager and theatrical producer. These roles reflect years of training and immersion in the culture of live production and leadership within this world. My primary focus is not in the entertainment industry, but rather in community theater and educational settings like schools and universities. My artistic self finds great joy in the theater world and feels safe being there. The whole point is to be in community and to make a creative space with your neighbors. There's a cultural understanding of queerness in theater, albeit a white-centered understanding of queerness. In this space, being visibly queer, using queer language, and casually being out has never been an issue. In fact, my role as a leader helps me establish that queerness is not only normal, but needs to be respected. And it provides me a point of connection through visibility. I usually introduce myself with my name and my pronouns, so it makes the rest of the cast and crew comfortable when a leader does that. I strive to exhibit all the green lights that I look for in my day jobs. Working as a stage manager is especially funny as the stereotype is that women technical theater artists in the musical theater world are very butch type sapphic women, perhaps as a compliment to the fruity twinks that are on stage. (laughs) See Shirley from The Producers as a perfect example of this depiction. As a femme, it's kind of funny to lean on this stereotype and break it a little. It's a very freeing footch vibe. (laughs) There's no need for me to hold back or speak in code. I can just be my cute little queer self. I really wish that was the end of the story. Finding a historically queer space in a stereotypically sapphic role to spend my waking hours on, receiving my daily bread from, and that allows the soft animal my body peace. However, capitalism and my own current financial goals don't really agree with that. I am bound to day jobs that provide steadier pay. My day jobs have been varied, but generally speaking, I'm at the bottom of the leadership chain, a receptionist. I've worked mostly in the public sector, so not only am I a receptionist, but a low-level bureaucrat as well. Sometimes the culture is miserable, rife with the idea that you are your job title. Anything else seems to be a distraction from or separate from work. Being safe at work as a queer person is protected by law, but not a guarantee. So at my day job, I have to tread carefully and very slowly test the waters. I notice myself masking to fit in with corporate culture. I introduce myself with only my name and add my pronouns to email signature. A green flag is a coworker that does the same. I shake hands with my watch on my right wrist, so the first thing coming at someone is my rainbow watch band. A safe coworker knowingly perceives my watch as a pride flag and gives me a compliment on it, a subtle green flag for both of us. 
My favorite are people that are clearly allies or parents of queer people that are not so subtle in their compliment of my rainbow watch. Recently, I was talking with a coworker who saw my watch and launched into boasting and gushing about her son, who is trans. She seemed so proud of him and tells me about his accomplishments often. Maybe she felt safe with my rainbow watch band to gush. Plus, I love hearing about trans people accomplishing stuff. Win-win. A red flag is hesitation for my coworker to shake my hand when the pride wristband is sighted. People have gone so far as to give backhanded compliments about the watch being such a colorful choice. But I'm gay and I don't give a fuck. So I clap back with thanks. It matches literally every one of my outfits this way. I watch how people dress to decide how feminine I should present at work. Finding a woman with short hair, a man with a full beat face of makeup, a person and with brightly colored hair or any other way that queer people are visibly queer are massive green flags. I censor myself when discussing my family and friends. Always careful to use words like partners or spouse so straight people are not thrown off, but queer people pick on the tiny signal that my mind doesn't identify with boyfriend or husband automatically. I remember one time I was interviewing a senior level manager in the department I was working in and we discussed our pets before talking about family in a getting to know you type chat. She said, my wife is the dog's mom. I just live there too before laughing at her own joke. Immediately feeling safe, I shared, well, my girlfriend isn't my wife yet, but I have a feeling we may end up in the same way with her dog. Mm -hmm. It was revolutionary to have that tiny moment become a big relief for me. Mm -hmm. All of those examples are small but grueling ways that most queer people have to navigate the corporate culture. I am privileged in being white, cis, and femme presenting. It makes it easier to camouflage or mask myself to be queer, but not at work. I like my current job in higher education and my current set of coworkers, but I'm always worried about what the next position is. I know now to be careful about the culture, to be fully aware of my rights, and to be that green flag coworker that people look for. One really never knows who they may encounter. Thanks for reading my story. Thank you for all you do. Best C. Hmm. yeah yeah i appreciate um we didn't cut this letter really because it was important we didn't trim it down um because i i really liked how c's talking about these kind of two different sides of the coin um also really brings in what we've been talking about of like the role that um power sort of plays Mm -hmm. in um being able to comfortably be queer at work like being a stage manager obviously you know they're in um like a more kind of queer friendly industry generally speaking um but still like being an authority and being like this is my name and these are my pronouns that can like set a tone versus at their day job if they're sort of at the bottom of the food chain um that like doesn't necessarily set a tone that just sort of like might make them feel singled out depending on the situation and the workspace um and i think that it's like important to think about those kind of safety levels um we're talking about being queer at work because i don't want anyone to feel like oh i'm not out at work and that's bad i'm doing something wrong you know um because we're all just trying to trying to make it work you know yeah i'm having a like this hasn't this hasn't quite coalesced but in a lot of these messages i'm it's making me think about like are we um 
are we coming out for straight people? Are we coming out for ourselves or are we coming out for other queer people? Mm. And like, I don't think any of those is wrong per se, but I think something we've talked about in other episodes is how like it can be really easy to orient our behavior around straight people yeah, instead of orienting to ourselves or to other queer people yeah and so i think i'm going to be thinking about like how do i as much as possible at work and in the wider world like orient to myself and to other queer people rather than orienting to straight people yeah that's the new nsfw instead of not safe for work not straight for work Uh, (laughs) yeah hashtag not straight for work yes (laughs) thank you everybody who wrote in um we really appreciate you trusting us with your stories and being willing to let us share them um this is like a really complicated topic and it takes a lot of um vulnerability to open up about it yeah um and it's so wonderful to be able to have you know voices from our community um on the podcast um obviously we love to just chat (laughs) (laughs) um but it's just really nice to be able to be in conversation um you know this is a project that um the bipod is a project that um has always felt very rooted in community to me and so it's nice to be able to bring those voices in um I have a short and sweet queer work story to close this out on. We have okay. time. Yeah. Um, it's very short, I promise. But <laughs> um, uh, many years ago, I was working at a very small startup. Um, and we had, I don't remember exactly. We had someone who didn't work for us come in who was, like, very visibly queer. Um, and we, like, worked with them for a day. It was fine. And I used to carpool with one of my bosses, um, who was a man who was older than me, who was who moved here from another country. Um, and we got in the car and he was like, did I do okay? And I was like, what are you talking about? And he was like, well, like in my country, like we don't really like, basically he said like queer people like aren't safe. They're not out. Like, so he just isn't fluent in like interacting with queer people, but he's been here for several years and it's really important to for him to like be respectful of people. It's just not something that he's had experience being fluent in. He was like, I just never talked to gay people. So I don't know. And I was like, well you've been carpooling with the queer person for a long time and you've done great. And he was like, what? And I was like, yeah, I am. I'm bi. And he was like, you are. And I was like, yeah. And he was like, Oh, I've been doing it. And I was like, you have been doing it. It's been fine. Uh, And we sort of talked about like, I was like, well, some of the things like you wouldn't ask a straight person. Like, so how was sex with your wife yesterday? So you're probably not going to ask that of a queer, like, a lot of the things that you're worried about, like, probably aren't actually going to come up. But I do understand that, like, I have the privilege of, like, growing up, you know, in Los Angeles. I've known gay people my entire life. <laughs> um, and so I understand, like, and I appreciate seeing, like, an adult person being so open to and eager to change and to, you know, yeah. gain this fluency. Um, but it was just a very sweet moment of being like, you've already done it. Look at us. Here we are. <laughs> um, yeah. I don't know. I thought it was nice. I love that. Yeah, me too. Um, but yeah, stay queer. Um, justice for hot moms. Justice for hot moms. 
<laughs> now I'm going to be looking at pictures of hot Pixar moms to send you. <laughs> if you at home have a favorite Pixar mom, please send, please submit. We would love to see it. Um, but yeah, thanks for the much for submitting and we will talk to you soon. Goodbye. Thanks for listening to this episode. The Bipod is made possible by our patrons, including Bipod Babe level supporters like On God Gill, Christy Rodriguez Rivas, and Shauna Austin. You can find us on Instagram at The Bipod and on our website, thebipod.com. This show is produced and edited by me. And our theme song is Coming Home by Snowflake.